Spencer Rattler said, what? We also got a Dane Brugler from the Athletic seven-round mock draft to talk about. And Oklahoma softball dominates the Texas Longhorns. We'll talk about that on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Sooners Nation, and welcome to Locked On Sooners. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. And joining me is Josh Helmer. You can follow Josh on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon with Chris Plank on 94.7 The Ref in Norman. You can also hear him on Saturdays with the golf show. What time is that one, Josh? Well, uh, usually 10 to noon. Sometimes it gets usually moved up a little bit around OU baseball, but uh, the gimme zone with my, my friends uh, Brian Vineyard and Matt Reynolds. So tomorrow, if you're out on the course, make sure you check out the Sports Talk 1400 app wherever you get your apps and tune into what Josh has to say about Norman Golf or the Masters from last week. A lot of exciting stuff happened Which, uh, in the world of golf. It just since we're bringing this up, 8.30 to 10.30, it's going to be really cool. Tomorrow's a uh, Crosstown Clash featured show, so there's going to be a lot of Norman High, a lot of Norman North golfers out there. So if uh, you got students or family or whoever that goes to either Norman or Norman North, it's going to be a big-time show. Continue. Well, that's going to be that. Good times, good times. I always used to listen to the, the golf show out of Dallas-Fort Worth whenever I was driving back home from work or uh, on the road to golf myself, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, Got some interesting stuff to talk about, Josh. Spencer Rattler made some noise today. Not really like trying to make noise. He just had he had a sit down with Chris Lowe of ESPN, and you know a lot of the the quotes in there are causing a bit of a stir, uh, especially amongst Oklahoma fans and media. Uh, but let's just kind of talk about it real quick. The one that's really stood out is this one right here. He says a lot of guys don't get another chance to start over where they really wanted. Rattler told ESPN, I was just happy to get away from a toxic situation and get somewhere new. Anywhere was going to be better, and I found the right place. So first of all, Josh, just initial takeaways from what Rattler had to say there. It was a toxic situation for him. And, you know, I do, reading that quote, feel like, and I saw some fans kind of arguing the contrary that, no, this wasn't a shot at the Oklahoma fan base. Of course it was a shot at the Oklahoma fan base that booed Spencer Rattler last season. It, it, he felt the situation with the fan base was toxic. I think all-encompassing toxic situation for Spencer Rattler. And certainly the way the fan base reacted last season by booing him was a part of that. But beyond that, getting benched and getting replaced by the five-star true freshman in Caleb Williams, toxic situation. The did he have one foot out the door or not with Lincoln Riley? Toxic situation. So just everything about the way Spencer Rattler's final season unfolded in Norman, Oklahoma, I think he's got every right to describe it as a toxic situation. And, you know, at least for him moving forward for what he wants out of the next stage of his football career, I do think that he's in a really good place. I don't know that it's a better place, 
at South Carolina, but with Shane Beamer, it's a really, really good place for him. Yeah, and I agree. I think where he's at is a place to just kind of regain some of the confidence that he had. You know, I think that would shake anybody what happened last year when you're winning football games, albeit they're not getting the style points that Oklahoma fans had grown accustomed to. Instead of winning 47, 45, they were winning 23 to 16, 16, 13, things like that. And while it wasn't the prettiest and or 37, 33 in, you know, his best game against Kansas state or 37, 31, pardon me. um, It was, they were still winning football games and I talked about it in the fall last year. It's like, yes, if you're a fan and you pay tickets or pay money to buy tickets to go sit in Owen Field and watch these games, you kind of have a right to do what you want a little bit, you know, short of throwing stuff at players, refs, coaches, that sort of thing, or being so obnoxious that you get yourself kicked out. You have the right to boo. I don't think it's the right thing to do, whether they're playing up to your standard or not, but Ultimately, you kind of have that right. And I get what he's saying, too, because this is the second year in a row that his head coach, the guy that recruited him, benched him. And if it wasn't for the fact that the quarterbacks they had behind him in 2020 weren't really quality enough to be long-term starters for the Oklahoma Sooners, I mean, he might have – who knows if he would have kept his job back then, but – because there was a quality starter, albeit Caleb Williams had his own ups and downs in the 2021 season. I mean, that's really what lost Spencer Rattler's job. If they would have had the same kind of quarterback situation they had in 2020, I don't know if he loses his job, but it it just kind of seemed odd to me that, again, Lincoln Riley would have that kind of a short leash. I, I get it. Spencer Rattler had the two turnovers. The offense didn't look like it was clicking. But as we saw, I mean, hindsight is kind of 2020. And it's hard to go back to Rattler after the comeback attempt or the comeback, not attempt, but the comeback victory uh, led by Caleb Williams. It just seemed odd still that, that Riley would kind of put his guy through that again, you know, two years in a row in the same game, benching him. And then not really, it didn't really seem like there was an actual competition for the job. It was Caleb Williams job from then on. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think part of this is a shot at the fans. I mean, you go to a school, you go to kind of play your heart out for that school, and whether you like the guy's attitude or you don't like the guy's attitude, he gave great effort. I mean, it wasn't for lack of trying that Oklahoma fell short at times or that the offense wasn't clicking like it should. But we saw later in the season that against good defenses, the offense didn't click, even with Caleb Williams under center. And I I don't think all of it that was going on in the first half of the season was on Spencer Rattler. And I and while, yes, the turnovers weren't great, I don't necessarily think Lincoln Riley put him in the best situation to succeed against Texas because we saw in the Kansas State game, get him going in the quick passing game, get things softened up underneath, and then you can take your shots down the field. He had a very efficient day against Kansas State in that game. But ultimately, like Lincoln Riley just lit, wanted to live and die with the deep passing game, and teams were taking it away. The offensive line wasn't good enough to hold up consistently to the pressure that they were facing. And that's what led to the turnovers. And so, I mean, it, it's tough. Like if you're a fan, it's kind of tough to hear those things said about you and your fan base. But I think it should be a little bit eye-opening for Oklahoma fans. Like, hey, how we conduct ourselves, that kind of matters. Not just to the players that are here, but players that end up leaving. 
What does this say to recruits down the road when they're looking at maybe I want to go play for Oklahoma? Oh, what remember what Spencer Rattler said about his time there and how it was spent? I mean, everybody knows what it was like for him. But going to South Carolina, like you said, I think it's a really good restart for him, and it's a good chance for him to reclaim some of the draft stock that he lost in the 2021 season. I wrote three words down over here on my handy-dandy sheet of paper just so I don't get absent-minded here. Lincoln, the, the first word. We just That's the element we can't truly gauge. And I don't know that Lincoln Riley can ultimately truly gauge how invested he was in the 2021 season. I think that Lincoln Riley would tell you, you know, I was completely invested, but depending upon when the conversation and back channels really started between his representation and USC and LSU and you name it, whichever other schools could or could have been involved in that, then I think it's fair to say that maybe Lincoln Riley didn't give his absolute best to either Spencer Rattler or Caleb Williams. So that's step one, right? In the saga of Spencer Rattler from last season, that's part, that's part A of the saga. And we just, we're never going to really know the answer to that. The other thing I wrote down, the second thing I wrote down, I should say is NIL name, image, and likeness. We know that with, with Spencer Rattler, he was really the, you know, as a five-star quarterback, John coming to Oklahoma, all of the hype around him, with the QB1 documentary, he was already painted in this light as soon as he arrived at Oklahoma as arrogant, as selfish. So all of that was already there with Spencer Rattler. He had to be great, and he had to be great from day one, and he had to be great throughout, or else this fan base was right there boiling, ready ready to pop, ready to turn on him a little bit. And that happened as soon as name, image, and likeness got involved, right? As soon as he was up in Chicago signing helmets, that's when it flipped on Spencer Rattler. And so then when the performance, both for him individually and for Oklahoma's offense collectively, when it didn't measure up to what the expectation was going in, Spencer Rattler was always set up for this fan base to turn on him. And quite frankly, I kind of think in a lot of ways he was pretty unfairly judged really from the get-go, when you think back to the documentary. And then the the last thing I wrote down was Texas. I don't think OU wins that game if they stick with Spencer Rattler last season. But, you know, as soon as Caleb Williams gets inserted and you win it, you can't – there's no turning back to Spencer Rattler either. Right. Yeah, and I agree 100%. I think you've got to go with the hot hand, and Caleb Williams was that. But I think what – the rest of the season showed us was that Spencer Rattler wasn't really the only issue. And I think you pointed to it, Lincoln Riley and where he was in his focus level and his attention to detail with the Oklahoma Sooners. I mean, and and I think you're right. The level of expectations that we're setting for young quarterbacks at Oklahoma has becoming kind of unfair at times. And I, and I, and I even see myself doing it a little bit with Dylan Gabriel. Um, now this is a guy that's coming in with much more production, not near as much hype as Spencer Rattler or Caleb Williams, but I also see myself like, well, he's probably the best quarterback in the big 12. Now that's kind of relative, like, cause who would be the second best quarterback? Maybe Quinn Ewers, JT Daniels, like the, the drop off is pretty significant. I mean, Quinn Ewers might be the best quarterback. We just haven't seen him play yet. And so maybe this is just kind of a cautionary tale about how we view young quarterbacks at Oklahoma, even though we've got this experience 
with Lincoln Riley, the Heisman Trophy winners, the Heisman you know Trophy finalists, and we still have a great offensive coordinator in Jeff Levy. Maybe this is just a cautionary tale for us as analysts, Oklahoma fans, to be careful how much we add to the hype train that follows these quarterbacks into Norman. Now, Nick Evers, Jackson Arnold, they don't currently have that same level of anticipation and hype that Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams did, but I could see if Jackson Arnold has another strong year down in the state of Texas and gets Denton Geyer to the Texas State Championship game, potentially I could see that hype start to grow for him a little bit. And that's just going to be for us to just be like, hey, let's let's be careful not to over um, overhype a guy before he steps into Norman and set the expectations at Heisman Trophy finalists uh, from the get go because well, it's it's not really fair to him. Like it's not fair to him to to set unreasonable expectations for a quarterback who's never played a snap in college football, and it's easy to allow ourselves to run away with it with the excitement, uh, but we have to be careful. And the other thing I was going to say, bouncing off of that, was last season was a cautionary tale in doing too much of that after three or four games with the quarterback, yeah. which which we kind of saw with Caleb Williams. The last thing I was going to say on the booze, uh, I said it last year in the fall, and so I'll double down and, and say it again. I'm probably in the minority with what I'm about to say, and I understand that it's a little bit controversial. These aren't professional athletes. Certainly understand that. Even with name, image, and likeness, I get that some people feel like the lines have been blurred there. And, and you know, I'll, I'll entertain that argument. It's not professional sports, though. It, it, it's not. Having said that, I didn't, you know, I didn't have a big problem with the booze. I, I really didn't. And, you know, quite frankly, I don't think they were single, single-handedly directed at Spencer Rattler. Now, the chant from the student section, we want Caleb Williams. I mean, pretty pointedly, okay, we know what that was directed at. But listen, when you come to a place like Oklahoma, there's expectations involved. And I'm not saying it's right, wrong, or anything or the other. I'm just saying that if you expect that the Boo Birds are going to go away at a place like the University of Oklahoma, I get it's not the Philadelphia Eagles, but the people around here, it might as well be. Yeah, and you're right. I think, again, like I said before, You've kind of got the right to do it. I wouldn't do it because I just feel weird about booing a 20-year-old kid, but that's just me. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not really a booer. Unless you're the Philadelphia Eagles as a Dallas Cowboys fan, I'm definitely going to boo you or you're Texas. You're definitely going to get yourself booed. I'm sorry. But that's not for anything that you did on the field. That's just because you exist. Um, but coming up next, we've got to talk a little bit more about what was said in that ESPN article with Chris Lowe, and then we're going to talk about uh, OU softball. We're not going to have as much time for Dane Brugler's mock draft, but we'll get to that at the beginning of next week. But first, I want to talk to you about uh, Bet Online. Bet Online is the best place to bet on all your favorite sports. Find all the latest developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoff odds and the start of Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online is where the game starts. All right, Josh, a couple more things to discuss here on this topic, on this article. First, let's start with this one. When you look at the facts of what happened there with Spencer, it looks a little different than what some people are making it out to be. Austin Stogner said, former Oklahoma Center's tied in. He won big games. He won a conference championship, the kind of things that 95% of teams would kill from their quarterback. 
would kill four from their quarterback, not would kill their quarterback. It's crazy how quickly they turned on him. But for anybody to say he was a bad teammate doesn't make any sense to me. I guess he was such a bad teammate that one of his teammates there wanted to go play with him at South Carolina. Some pretty good points there from Austin Stogner, a guy that probably knows him better than anybody. Um, you know, they came in about the same time. They played together for several years. And huh. yeah, they felt so comfortable with the move huh. to, to South Carolina that they wanted to do it together. They kind of committed together. If you read the ESPN and Chris Lowe article, Stogner was the guy that was recruiting Spencer Rattler to come to South Carolina. So what's your kind of takeaway from that? Is Stogner on point there saying maybe we're making too much about this this idea that he was not a good teammate? Well, I think, you know, kind of like I said, not, you know, not too long ago in the last segment that I think that Spencer Rattler, and if I didn't say it clearly, I'll say it clearly now. Spencer Rattler was painted with an unfair brush at Oklahoma. The types of rumors and things that you heard about Spencer Rattler that may or may not have been true the idea that he skipped out of a practice or had cleaned out his locker and wasn't going to finish this season at Oklahoma. I mean, that's the kind of narrative that was around Spencer Allen. Oh, he, uh, he left practice early to go sign uh, autographs so he could make name, image, and likeness money. I mean, it's just everything that was hovering around Spencer Rattler. There was a lot of fake with it. There was a lot of inaccuracies with it. And this narrative that Spencer Rattler was just some awful teammate, no, he was not an awful teammate. He was a really good teammate the way he finished last season with Oklahoma. And just because it didn't go the way that some people wanted it to go at times on the football field doesn't change that. N- not once in you know one moment of Spencer Rattler's time at Oklahoma did he ever strike me as someone in what he said to the media, the way he carried himself you know, as a teammate in games and at practices and as a backup quarterback. Not once. Did he show me something that said, oh, this guys he's all about me and he's a bad teammate. And we never saw Nick Bonito or Perry on Winfrey t- tweet about him negatively. So I think that says something because they were more than willing to do that about some other teammates that had gone on to different situations and uh, out West maybe, or um, had things to say about Lincoln or Perry on Winfrey in particular had things to say about Lincoln Riley. So I feel like if he was a bad teammate, we might not have heard about it in season, but after those guys declared for the NFL draft, I bet we would have heard some things, or they would have tweeted some subtle shots at at Rattler, and because Perron Winfrey was more than willing to do that um, to Lincoln Riley and even to Alex Grinch a little bit. Um, so yeah, I think this stuff is always hard to gauge because we're not in the locker rooms, we're not the guys that are practicing with them every day, hanging out with them every day, you know. Does he have maybe does he have a personality that not everybody gets? Possibly. Um, but that's just a personality thing. You know, like Kyler Murray was a personality that not everybody got, or Jalen was a personality not everybody really understood. They weren't kind of the charismatic leader that you look for in a quarterback. He was kind of the he was more like a cross between Kyler and Jalen a little bit, you know, has a bit of a chip, also has a bit of a stoic personality, and that's kind of what it is. And I think, like you said, he gets painted with the wrong brush. A lot of a lot of it because of the stuff that happened before he came to high school and or before he came to college from high school. And yeah, it's it's just it's just crazy, you know, that we make these kind of judgments just based on something we see on a Netflix documentary. I think at this point in our our history of media viewing, we should probably know that documentaries aren't necessarily the the whole truth and nothing but the truth. They're 
they're shaped in a certain way that is there to tell a story and portray a person in a certain light. And for better or worse, that painted Spencer Rattler in this kind of hot shot, cocky QB one kind of a light. And yeah, I think, you know, the idea that, you know, Shane Beamer was coming after Spencer, the offensive coordinator was coming after Spencer, Austin Stogner, who was making phone calls to Spencer Rattler and trying to get him to come to, I think that I think it does say something. And I think the reactions from the teammates when he committed to South Carolina, I think that says something too. Like to a man, everything I saw was really positive. Now the guys that were negative or down on him probably wouldn't have said anything, but I mean, there was a lot of positive out there for him and, and even from the fan base after everything that went down last year. So yeah, I think it's a great move for him. I think even though South Carolina is probably going to be a middle of the pack SEC team, this does give him an opportunity to kind of reestablish himself as a 2022 NFL draft prospect. And it puts him in a position with a really good coach that to a person like a beloved member of the coaching family, whether you're at, you're talking about Oklahoma or South Carolina, like everybody loves Shane Beamer. And so that's just going to be a really positive environment for him, regardless of how the season goes. I think it's just going to help restore just maybe even his love for football and just the, his attitude for football and, and the way he goes about the game. And maybe he just enjoys it a little bit more because there's a lot of pressure that comes with being the quarterback of the Oklahoma Sooners. And no matter your character, your, your personality traits or your character, like that pressure weighs on you. And when things don't go well, it's gotta be super stressful. And so hopefully this is just a, one of the, I, I just remember back to when I was playing high school baseball and a lot of things going on with my teammates and the way that kind of, we all interacted together. It just helped. And, and my coaching staff, to be honest, it made me not really love baseball anymore. It, it took me a couple of years to find my joy for the game again. And that, and it was playing in a, an adult rec league um, in Irving. Like it, I, I found and rediscovered my love for the game. But, and that was, you know, I played baseball for 14 years, had a couple bad seasons in high school because of a lot of extenuating circumstances that were basically just relational. And I just didn't enjoy it anymore. And so hopefully this is just a, a, an opportunity for him. Like you talked about a second chance. And I think, I think that's the great thing about the transfer portal is it does provide these guys a second chance. And hopefully Spencer Rattler is going to get that coming up next. We're going to talk OU softball because they have won the first two games of their series with the Texas Longhorns in the red river showdown down in Austin. But first we're going to talk about athletic greens. Are you trying to get healthy? Summertime is just around the corner. And if you're trying to find a way to improve your gut health, make sure you check out Athletic Greens with 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sources, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. It can help you start your day right with a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. Make sure you go to athleticgreens.com, use promo or slash college, to uh, take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash college, athleticgreens.com slash college. And thanks for making Lockdown Seniors your first listen every single day. Make sure you also listen to Locked On NFL Draft or Locked On Dallas Cowboys, Locked On Chiefs, whatever your favorite NFL team is to get you ready for the NFL draft. 
We got on Locked On NFL Draft, Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bringing you the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. All right, Josh. 2-0. The Oklahoma Sooners are now 38-0 and on the season. They've won 40 straight against uh, everybody. They beat everybody. They're up 2-0 on Texas. Uh, they won on Thursday night, three to nothing. Jordy Ball was phenomenal, sensational. Fifteen strikeouts, um, ridiculous. Again, just ridiculous. And uh, then on Thursday, sorry, Friday night, they won nine to one, picking up their thirty-first, thirty-first <clears throat> run rule victory of the season. Uh, just incredible, man. This team, Alyssa Brito, she hits two home runs to give her ten on the year. Oklahoma now has five Sooners in double figures with home runs. Last year, they had seven over the course of the season. They'll have a great chance to, again, have seven this year. What do you make of this team, Josh? They're just so, so good. Yeah, uh, I mean, Jada Coleman's right there, kind of knocking on the door of not too far away from double-figure home runs herself, and I'm sure I'm blanking on a couple of others that are right in the neighborhood as well. They're probably going to finish, yeah, with – uh, that same number seven and who knows maybe even eight players with double figure home runs what can you say about Oklahoma softball that hasn't already been said I thought that they would get tested at least once in this series by Texas and really I kind of thought they'd come out the first game of the series and win in the run rule fashion that they did in game two of this series and then maybe on Friday or Saturday is when Oklahoma would get tested by Texas, kind of played out in reverse. It was uh, Texas that hung in a little bit in that first game, if you can say so. They did put a little bit of a scare into Oklahoma in the uh, sixth inning there, the bottom of the sixth. And then Jordy Ball, again, works herself out of any trouble there, comes away with a great uh, pitch that drops right out of the zone, gets the strikeout. She's so filthy, man. She's so fun to watch. I love how juiced and jacked up she was after that strikeout. 15 of them on uh, the night. I mean, she's incredible. She, like I said, I think not too awfully long ago when you and I kind of started doing this uh, podcast every, uh, you know, every night together, I'd come on as a couple of, you know, appearances as a guest, but then we started regularly doing it. One of the first comments I think I made about Jordy Ball was she's got a chance to go down as arguably the greatest pitcher in college softball history or right there on that short list. And again, down at Texas, she's reminded us why. She's incredible. This team's incredible. I feel guilty only giving Jordy Ball credit, but she's the one that on Thursday night had 15 strikeouts. Yeah, and so let's talk on, on Friday night. Hope Troutwine comes in, uh, allows an inherited runner from Nicole May, uh, but then she goes and pitches two and two-thirds scoreless. She lowers her NCAA leading ERA to .11, which I can't even fathom that. <laughs> Um, you know, the Oklahoma Sooners, they've only allowed, they've allowed one run or less in 21 straight games now. Um, and again, I think they've got 21 shutouts on the season. Uh, last year, all of last year, they had 24. So this is a team that, yes, Jordy Ball is the lead story, um, for that pitching staff because she has been so dominant, but it's really becoming a group effort with Nicole May and Hope Troutwine as well because they're, They've been really, really good, um, all three of them in the circle. And then, you know, on the from the hitters, you know, like on on 
Thursday night against Texas, the first four hitters, they were something like one for 13. Um, they didn't have a good hitting night, but the back half of the order, they picked it up, whether it was Jada Coleman or um, Lindsey Elam or you know a lot of these, Alyssa Brito, who's really been the star so far of the series. It's that kind of depth that is what makes this team so, so good. I mean, you've got a lot of schools out there that have a really good player, a star. Maybe they have two um, if you're one of the better teams in the country. But this is a team that can roll out, like we've talked about, five players with double figures and home runs and several more knocking on the door. But a lot of a lot of hitters that are hitting, you know, well over 350 on the season. I mean, you know, you look at this team and they've got one, two, three, four, five, six. They have seven players hitting over 300, 350, sorry, over 375. They got five players hitting over 400. Jocelyn Allo herself is hitting over 500, which again boggles my mind. And, you know, then they've got nine players hitting over 300, 10 players hitting over 300 on the season. Unreal. Just absolutely unreal to me that, you know, this is a team that top to bottom every third at bat, somebody's going to get a hit. Like, that's just what they are doing because they're so, so good. And, Man, it's so fun to watch too, because again, like you said, you know, Jordy Ball brings that passion, that energy, but a lot of those players do too. They and that's kind of one of the fun things about about college softball and baseball as well. Like they're unafraid to bring the passion, bring the energy, where, you know, in the professional leagues, it's like, oh, we gotta tone it down for professionalism. They're just out there having fun and they're and they're loving it and it's fun to watch. That's why I'm a sucker for Jada Coleman as well. She's yeah. right in that wheelhouse of Jordy Ball that the emotions she doesn't leave those at the door. She brings the emotion coming off the bus, John, screaming boomer every single time she arrives to the, the park, yeah. to the yard, and then uh, certainly out there on the diamond as well. Such a fun team, man. We're so spoiled as media members in this market that get to cover this dominance that is the Oklahoma softball program. And did you see what Lauren Chamberlain had to say? She was, uh, She said she almost got kicked out of the game tonight because she screamed. Where is it? Where is it? She screamed, it's Brito's field, and said it was almost tossed out of McCombs. <laughs> so, love that Lauren Chamberlain is traveling with this team down to Austin. Uh, so make sure you uh, follow her on Twitter because it's a lot of fun like to watch games and then see what she has to say because she's, she's digging it, man. You can't throw the commissioner of the women's professional fast pitch league out of here. Get out of here. Right. That's exactly what I said. It's like, there's no way you can toss the commish. I said, keep that same energy. So the that, former home run queen. How dare you yeah, to even yeah, think exactly. about that? Fire that exactly. security guard. That's don't, right. Don't do that. That's right. Don't, don't do that. There's livelihood. That's, that's worse than getting a flag for horns down. Like just let the, let the fans talk. We're having fun. She wasn't being, you know, obtuse or obnoxious, but hey, you gotta let them know. It's Alyssa Brindos Field, and we're all just kind of living in it. So here we go. Hey, that's gonna do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all podcast platforms as well as YouTube. So make sure you subscribe over there as well. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. You can check out Josh's work over at the Hawkeyes Wire, but also at Josh on Ref. And Monday through Friday, 9 to noon on 94.7, The Ref in Norman, 1400 Sports Talk in Oklahoma City. Check out the golf show tomorrow. You can also read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners over at thesoonerswire.com. And, you know, wherever else you want to read my work. Sometimes I'm writing Dallas Cowboys stuff, but 
man, we're all Sooners all the time now. But until comment on YouTube, time, yeah, comment on YouTube, share the show, tell your friends about it. We'd love to hear your feedback as well. So until next time, I'm John Williams. He's Josh Helmer, Boomer Sooner.